BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Bill Press Show. Hey, what do you say, friends and neighbors? Good to see you. And thank you for joining us for this uh, very special Bill Press Show holiday podcast uh, to talk about the politics of the day. Hey, the 2018 midterm elections are behind us uh, now, and uh, we are already zooming into 2020. We try to hold it off until the midterms, but there's no holding back now. And to, uh, so we thought we'd take a look at the Democratic field and the Republican field and uh, the chances of a challenge maybe to Donald Trump, what some of the issues might be uh, looking into uh, 2020. Uh, And to help us through that today, uh, Hannah Trudeau joins us, who is a staff correspondent covering politics for the National Journal. It's nationaljournal.com. Hannah, how are you? Good to see you. Good. Thank you for having me. So uh, off and running, huh? There's no time in between? There's no time. No time like the present. I mean, it is. Um, I I saw that. I think the debates on the Democratic side are going to start as early as spring, twenty nineteen. Yes, yeah, and I think that they'll have to have many different tiers, like they had with the Republican field, um, potentially a main stage debate, and then one or two possibly undercard debates as well, given the size of the field. Well, I do too. I mean, yeah. I think I've said it's going to be. Uh, the varsity, the JV, and maybe the middle school. Debate, yeah, I mean, depending <laughs> something on like that. How it is, but you know, it's just I think it's uh, I know there's nothing you can do about it except complain. But um, as I recall, when when John F. Kennedy announced for president, mm. uh, 1960, it was like April of 1960, maybe March or April of 1960. Yeah, and you know, he yeah. won the. Uh, Primaries were different then, but he won the primaries or whatever they were, and West Virginia and other states where he campaigned, got the nomination at the convention, and was elected president of the United States. Yeah, he didn't have to do it for two or three years, <laughs> and and you know, as I said, starting out here this conversation, uh, we tried to hold it back until 2018, but a lot of people did not hold back. I mean, there have been people actually out there in Iowa, in New Hampshire, candidates, Republicans, well, particularly Democrats, I guess, Mm -hmm. for the last year. Yeah, I would say even almost two years, um, at least a year and a half or so, there's been um, a flurry of activity going not just to the traditional early battleground states, um, New Hampshire and Iowa, the early voting states, but um, sort of new battlegrounds, too. and, And people have started trying out different strategies to see, you know, maybe I can't win Iowa, maybe I can't win New Hampshire, um, but maybe I can win Colorado or Nevada, and I'll start start with that end. So it's it's been a, a bunch of different things so far that we've seen. Right. All right, now let's get one thing out of the way. So Mark Penn, who is was the uh, pollster for Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, together with Doug Schoen, 
Um, and um, then he became Hillary's campaign manager in 2008 when she was running against Barack Obama, uh, is now a Fox News contributor. And he this week said uh, that based on his knowledge of the Clintons, uh, there is no, his, no doubt in his mind that Hillary will run again. Right. Tell me that's not so. I think that that comment <laughs> was met with some um, sort of skepticism at the time. Um, and I think for good reason. But, uh, you know, I would I would go out on a limb and say, and I've said this this before on this show, um, I don't personally think she's going to run again. Uh, you know, I guess never say never with, with the Clintons or, or just in general, um, somebody like Biden might take a third stab at it. You know, so if, if him, if, if him, then why not uh, Hillary again type of thing, possibly. But um, I'm not sure that that's the case. I think that that was just him speculating more so than having had a conversation with her directly about it. Right. I'm not sure that they're on good terms anymore. Yeah, so that's, sure yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, well, uh, from your lips to God's ears, I don't think, the la- I think the last thing we need is another Hillary Clinton campaign. <laughs> God bless her. Um, she's had been a great public service servant and has really served this country well in several different positions, but... Yeah, I think come, a lot of people feel that way. With yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way too. At least from what the response was when that column came out. And, and let's face it, there were not that many people calling on her in 2018, right. To go out right. there and uh, or Bill for what or for what Bill, it's worth, yeah. Uh, yeah. To hold big rallies and 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 raise a lot of money or whip whip up the base or whatever. Sure. Just sort of people sort of accepted. Okay. Yeah. Thank you and yes. goodbye. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, in the Demo- on the Republican field, which may be easier to to g- get a hold of, mm-hmm. um, there there's no doubt Donald Trump is wants another term, right? Already. Yes, I think he wants another term for sure. I mean, he's he's in January 2017, he formed his reelection right. committee. Right. Right. Uh, he already has a campaign manager. Yes. He's already holding rallies. Yes. I mean, the <laughs> rallies that were held this year, they were ostensibly for. Republican candidates for Senate, but he made it pretty clear they were all about him. Yes. People actually had Trump 2020 signs they were holding up. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. The, new, the new slogan was, keep America great Right, again. right. No, right. Right. A so, tweak from the make America. Okay. So he's <laughs> running. Uh, in uh, the Hill newspaper mm-hmm. recently, they held a, they took a poll uh, shortly after the midterms, mm-hmm. uh, which showed that 70% of Americans would like to see a challenger to Donald Trump in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. The question is, who? Any ideas? Yeah, I think there are some people mulling a potential uh, challenge to him. Jeff Flake is somebody I would put high up on the list, um, along with John Kasich, who um, just so happens to be in New Hampshire today. <laughs> just kind of, you know, making a friendly trip to New Hampshire to see, as he put it, old friends and make some new friends. Um, so those those two people I would put high on the list. Um, at least I, I've talked to some people in Kasich's world. He's he's interested in it. He doesn't know if he's going to pull the trigger, but um, they definitely say that that's something that he's interested in. And I think since Flake um, decided not to run again, uh, there's been speculation about him, you know, ever since he made that decision. And um, the question, you know, after that is, is there an appetite among Republicans broadly? Um, you know, you mentioned the, the poll, but um, there's also quite a lot of uh, energy for Donald Trump on the Republican side still. So um, while I think some people might want a potential challenge to him, I think that 
overwhelmingly we're not necessarily going to see that. Um, that could change depending on how you know investigations go and stuff. Well, we like are that. talking about a Republican primary, right? Yes. So in a Republican primary, um, I mean in in but in the Republican Party, uh, while Donald Trump's overall has still been in the low to mid forties, forty three percent the last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Um, among Republicans, his popularity is 65, 70, yeah. 75%. Yeah, and, and so I think that figure... So a challenge in the Republican primary... It's hard. It's it's hard for whoever takes that on. Um, that's not to say that somebody like Flake, you know, or Kasich, who have been in New Hampshire a, a lot um, in 2018, that's not to say there's no appetite for them there. You know, they... they certainly might have pockets of support in some of the early voting states, but I don't, I wouldn't say that it's enough at this point to really ignite, um, you know, overwhelming support, at least from what we've seen in 2018. And they've, they've been out a bit. It's hard to see. It's, and, and of course this presumes that Donald Trump will not be indicted before right. then or, right. or impeached or whatever right. before then, let's, uh, which I think is probably, is probably uh, the case. You know, uh, like you, I don't see anybody else on the, pardon me, on the horizon mm-hmm. as a Republican. Yeah, there was there was talk a little bit for a second about Nikki Haley potentially after stepping down from the yeah. UN, but I think that that she quickly squashed that and said, you know, I'm not running for any office in 2020. I'm I'm just not doing it. I'm not going there. So I think that that kind of maybe people were thinking, oh, maybe she'll do it. Maybe that's why she's kind of trying to um, step away from Trump. But I think that that was quickly shut down. And some people thought Mike Pence might. Sure. Same kind of thing. Same kind of thing. Yeah. No, <laughs> not, not I don't happen. think so. Uh, so with the paucity of uh, possible challengers to Donald Trump on the Republican side, uh, the contrast is um, so many candidates, we could never remember them all if we yeah. tried to list them. Um, a fellow re- a political reporter told me the other day that her list, she made a list that had 24 yeah, I think mine has 28. Really? Yeah, I think so. Last time I I made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a big it's going to be a big God, field. Forgive us. I yeah. know. How are we going to get through it? God I know. save us, I should say. Right. I think people now um after the midterms people are now starting to put them into groups like the senators, the house, you know, the the representatives, the mayors, the governors, the outsiders, so they're kind of starting to be grouped in that way to keep track of them all, but there's there's a new new person that emerges seemingly every day. So right. it's hard to <laughs> hard to remember everyone. Uh, well, you know what? That's a good way to approach it. So, um, first of all, I think governors make the best presidential candidates historically. Yes, historically, and they do. and this time I did a story on that um, that very that very thing. How actually in 2018, governors um, who could potentially run. Are, we're sort of subtly outshining uh, the top tier senators who people thought were going to run. And it was basically the story focused on um, how they could be in, in a better position to actually show some of the executive actions that they took that um, kind of mirrored legislation that was going on in the Senate. And so while on the debate stage, you know, if, if somebody, if a top tier senator is saying, well, I introduced this bill, a governor is really well positioned to say, well, we already passed that as a, an executive action in my state. You know, so like things like that, where I think policy um, is going to come into the forefront more than than perhaps, especially left leaning policy. I think the governors who've actually made good on some of the um, litmus tests floating around in the party in the Senate, um, you know, that might resonate with some people who like to see 
the results. No, absolutely. They get things done. Yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, for sure. And they don't have that baggage of all these votes that they've yeah, had to cast. The on shifting the, on a, and the, yeah. yeah on a lot yeah. of uh, other. So, but, uh, but there are not that many Democratic governors to begin with. They had seven, uh, no, I think 15 before the midterms. They picked up another seven. Yes. Might, we don't know. Uh, but at least seven. It'd be nice to get another one, maybe in Florida. But okay, so uh, among governors, the ones who are out there mm-hmm. who might Jay Inslee from Washington. I'm yeah, going to get Inslee. up to your 28 here. I'm going to keep track. <laughs> Jay Inslee from Washington, right? Yep. And um, and he's quite interested in running. Oh yeah, for yep. sure. Yep. Uh, and then there's um, is it Burke from Montana? No, Steve not Burke. Bullock. 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 Bullock from yeah. Montana. Right. He's high on my list. He's high on my watch list. Because? He's, I never heard of him. It, I mean, until, Yeah. So I hadn't heard of him but, until about a year or so ago. Um, he's the chairman of the National Governors Association. So he was mm-hmm. actually the one who sort of helped orchestrate a lot of these wins for governors in 2018. So he'll be yeah, promoting yeah. that. Um, and he's also been all over the country this year in, in that capacity, but also kind of testing the waters for himself. Um, and so... He's he's done nearly everything that somebody can do to prepare for a presidential run. And people seem to like him. I've talked to a lot of people in different states who seem to um, like that he's kind of like a Wild West type of guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. He's got a big problem. He's also from Montana. He's from Montana. That's the problem with him. But, um, yeah. you know, I. I know. From, I'm from Delaware. Three electoral votes. Montana right, two, right, maybe, or right. three, right? I mean, it doesn't give you a big base to start with. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We'll but I think, that, I think that that's also, I think he kind of sees that, and, and that's why he went after the um, NGA chairmanship as yeah. a way to kind yeah. of say, you know, no, Gives I have zero some, name yeah. recognition, <laughs> but I have two to three years to travel the country and uh, and so then we have Deval Patrick from Mass, uh, the former governor. Yes. The other current governors? I don't think so. You know, Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo. You would think, but he's not really on anybody's list, is he? he well, he won easily a third yeah. term. Um, so that he has that going for him. He had to move a lot further left than he has have from his challenge. Have you seen anybody talking about him for president? I think there's a there's always a little bit of speculation about him, but I don't think he's a top tier person on anyone's list at the moment. Yeah, there are people talking about him running for president. He is him, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he yeah, and people in New York, you know. I mean, so it's like, what is it? You know, are are people nationally talking about him? No. Yeah. Um, and then John, I would add John Hickenlooper to the John list of Hickenlooper, that. Right, and I would also uh, who will be soon former governor of uh, Colorado. Uh, and um, I would also add Terry McAuliffe. Oh, yes. And, yep. So. Although I would put him in the Cuomo category of um, our, our people talking about him. Maybe he's kind of more of the one ginning up that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so then, so that's six. On the, <laughs> and we might have forgotten a couple. Um, uh, uh, so then we get to senators. Yeah. All right. In no particular order, right? Okay. You've got, um, just as they pop into my head, Cory yep. Booker, I yep. don't know why he comes in first, Amy Klobuchar, mm-hmm. uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. Um, you have to say Sherrod Brown. Sherrod Brown, yeah. Huh? I mean, people are, yeah. a little buzz about him. Yeah. Elizabeth right. Warren. Elizabeth uh, Warren. Oh, gee, how about that? Elizabeth Warren. 
Uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh, oh, right, that guy. Hey, that guy, right? Um, we forgetting anybody? Booker, Klobuchar, Gillibrand, Kamala Harris, Sherrod Brown, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Stewart, Bernie Sanders. Uh, no, that's it for the senators. Yeah, I can't think of any others. Mm-mm. Amy Klobuchar is always the one that people tend yeah. to forget. Right. Um, but and, sh- and should not. Right? Yeah. No. 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 I. Yeah. I think she's a good. She's a. She's a very good senator. Um, yeah. To say the least. But. Um, but that, that. So that's only thirteen. Okay. Yeah. This. Yeah. Then we get to the outside. Well, no. The then mayors. We get to the. Uh, let's say. Or the reps. Yeah. I was just going to say the statesmen, sort of. Like, okay. Or the. Party elders. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which would have to be Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden. Anybody else? Um, I don't think so. Unless it was Hillary, but no. Yeah, I would no. put, just put Biden in. Biden in there. And then the outsiders, right, are... Well, don't forget the representatives. Because there's a lot of thank those. You. John Delaney. Oh, no. John... House. John You've been Delaney. Running for two, John Delaney. You've been running for two years Seth, already. Seth Moulton. Seth Tim Ryan. Yeah. Eric Swalwell. Is Seth Moulton actually... Uh, talking about it i think he's thinking about it he's yeah. taken a lot of steps eric swalwell um tulsi gabbard really okay there, yep she's been to iowa maybe half a dozen times new hampshire a few times um okay. i think those are the yeah that's that's it for Four. the reps yep uh mayors okay. and then uh, uh yeah because there's a four or five mayors well <laughs> <laughs> boy the mayors include, of course, Eric Garcetti, Eric Garcetti. of uh, L.A. Yep. And um, uh, Mitch, Mitch Landrieu. Landrieu. Yeah. Um, I would put Pete Buttigieg on there. Really? He's he's been he's been out there um, a lot. He's not on people's radar yet, but he's made a lot of moves under the under the scenes. Um, and then there was uh, one. He's a good then, guy. He's been a guest in the studio with us. Yeah, uh, he's a really interesting for guy. Chair, yeah, mayor of um, South Bend. South Bend. Yep. South Bend. Yeah. Um, and then they're with Bill De Blasio, but we don't have to include him. If no. We, okay. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and then I'm getting. I keep getting to the outside. Yes. Did we mention Michael Bloomberg? Oh, yet? sorry, Michael Bloomberg. I, Michael I knew Bloomberg? there was another. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Michael Bloomberg. Thank you. <laughs> Again, one of those guys who, uh, when you listen to all the people crying for Michael Bloomberg to run, it really comes down yes. to just him. I thought of him when yeah. we were talking about Cuomo, but I knew to save him for the mayor section. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and then for the outsiders, we do have Richard Ojeda. Yes. The outsiders are my favorite category. <laughs> totally. Tom Steyer, Richard o- Ojeda, and uh, uh, our, uh, our former Avenatti. friend, I- Michael Avenatti. Yeah. Yes. Oh God! We've talked about him a bunch on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I'm not sure if there are other outsiders off the top of my mind. Okay, uh, Oprah's name is still out there for what it's worth. I don't know. I I, th- I sort of think that's right. I don't think it's real, but you know, mm-hmm. there was a there was oh. that weird bump where people 13. thought she might, and then she said she wasn't, and then she was campaigning for Stacey Abrams. So who, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Well, just for yeah, the record, know. for the with the ones we mentioned. <laughs> At seven, twelve, thirteen, twenty-six. Okay, yeah. twenty-six. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty bad, but it's. Also- no, I was going to say. Is <laughs> and I think good? we're forgetting some. I think we're forgetting two to three people, but they'll probably come to me. 
Um, you know, <laughs> uh, frankly, Oprah's as real as some of the other people on this list. But, Oprah's more real than, you know, Richard yeah, Jetta. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She's more real than half of the senators. <laughs> right, <too. laughs> right. 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 Uh, so one would say that, um, you know, he came so close last time, he almost. Uh, and maybe without super oh, delegate. Martin O'Malley, sorry to cut you off. Oh, he's no. actually taken oh, a lot no, of steps. Yeah. He oh. has. He's got to be on the list. He has. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, when the... you said he came so close last time, it sparked my memory <laughs> <laughs> to say him. That's so cruel. How could we forget Martin? I know. <laughs> he's very nice. I've talked to him a bunch about what he's been doing. And he's, yeah, he's been he up is. to a lot. He's also forgettable. Yeah, he uh, is, but he's a, he's a nice person. No, he is, and and he's he's right on the issues. And oh, uh, Eric Holder too. Oh, Jesus! I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm just. We, this is. We can just keep going. Oh my God, my mind is like programmed to the. But Eric Holder actually actually has taken quite a few steps, so, so I would put I'm him on put the put list. him up in the elders. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You mean former, Obama world? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There yeah. you go. That's 28. I knew there was Stop. 28. Stop. <laughs> okay, I won't say anymore. No, if any pop in, I want to hear them. But, okay. Oh, jeez. Uh, wow. Uh, where I was going was... Uh, <laughs> you were saying he came so close last time. Yeah, he came so close last time. He uh, Without superdelegates, he would have been the Democratic nominee. Mm. So why doesn't Bernie Sanders just get it by acc- acclamation? He's he's definitely going to run. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that but he's going to he run. Shouldn't he be automatically number one? I think he he has a lot of support still that I think people don't acknowledge enough. Um, I always kind of look at it, um, you know. I hate to say rally size, but when you're comparing just sheer um, name recognition, ability to draw crowds, I mean, he was out in the midterms more than almost anyone next to Biden, and he drew just as big of crowds as he did when he was running for president. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's one indication. Obviously, like Kamala Harris or Cory Booker also draw big crowds because there's more intrigue with them. But I think it's wrong to dismiss somebody who has built in support. Now, not, that's not to say some of that support can't go to Elizabeth Warren or some other people, but um, he definitely has support and he has the advantage of having the party platform move in his direction. Um, which I think a lot of his supporters will remind people um, during the election. And one could make the same argument about Joe Biden. Same thing. I mean, same type of thing. Former vice president. Uh, I do believe that he, had he run in 2016, he could have taken the nomination away from Hillary because mm-hmm. she was really floundering mm-hmm. toward the end. Mm-hmm. And I think he would have taken away from Bernie because he was yeah. like Mr. Democrat, but yeah. certainly Bernie was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a progressive, not as progressive as Bernie, but but progressive and um, I think was a great vice president uh, and has a great record in the Senate, head of Senate Judiciary, head of, head of, head of foreign relations. So if Biden were, and he certainly is making all the moves mm-hmm. of running, mm-hmm. were he to declare he would be automatically the front runner no i think so too i think um and a lot of i mean we've seen early polling which is like almost ridiculous to look at yeah but it is the name recognition thing where like they're very much um it's very much biden and bernie are the top two people right now and and it's the same kind of thing like like you were saying you know he has 
the support of everybody who sort of longs for the Obama White House and um, and and people who knew him back when he was in the Senate. And then also um, the chance to kind of emerge to people who are younger, like 18 year old voters who might not have known him except for the context of Obama. So mm-hmm. a chance to kind of, um, exp- you know, introduce himself again to younger people. There was a time not that long ago when a candidate as old as Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden or even Elizabeth Warren yeah. would not be considered. Yeah. Um, Bernie kind of took the age issue out of play, didn't he? I think he did just by the nature of the supporters that he was able to attract. Uh, most of his supporters were younger people. So um, that says something, you know, and also the second time around, people often say to me, um, you know, do you think his age is an issue? Do you think it's same with Biden? Do you think his age is an issue? And it's to me, it's like people know their age going into it. So nobody is going to be surprised that they are their age that they are. So I think they already still have support and they and people know their age. So it's it's not like a surprise thing um, mm-hmm. where where somebody might find out and say, oh, um, now I can't support you because you're one year older than I thought you were. You yeah, know, it's, right. it's kind of to me, it's a non-starter for some people. It might matter. But for this core supporters like with Biden or Bernie, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Right. No, I know. I agree. So it is uh, off to the races and we apologize. I know we would all like uh, some time out. Uh, we all deserve some time out. I think there should be a time when you could just govern in between elections. But there, to do that, you have to have a time out in between elections. Right. Uh, we haven't had that for a while. We're not going to have it this time. So deal with it. I guess that's what we have to do. <laughs> Thanks so much, Hannah, for coming in. Thank you for having Great me. Great to see you. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. And to all of you as well, thanks for joining us. Uh, have a great, uh, great break, great holiday, and uh, we'll see you next time. This is the Bill Press Show. It is the Bill Press Show. Hi, everybody. My name is Peter Ogburn. It is Thanksgiving week, so we are here, but we're not here. We took a couple days off, uh, but don't worry. We are leaving you with some excellent content that uh, you can enjoy uh, either at the Thanksgiving table. What the heck? You can do that if you want. Uh, or uh, while you're traveling or however you're doing this uh, Thanksgiving holiday, we appreciate you tuning in, and we wouldn't leave you without something uh, from the Bill Press Show. It is our gift to you. So uh, one of the things that is near and dear to my heart are the national parks. I I love the national parks. Uh, I'm an annual member. Uh, I'm I'm a big, big, big fan. And uh, I wanted to talk about what's going on with the national parks with someone from the Hope Crew. Now, what is Hope? Hope is hands-on preservation experience. We are joined now by Tom Cassidy from Hope to talk a little bit, a little bit about uh, the national parks and the funding and the volunteering and how we fix some of the problems that we are seeing. Tom, thank you for joining us. Well, Peter, thank you, and it's great to be here today. Uh, First, I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. What's your favorite national park? <laughs> You're asking me to choose among my children. <laughs> People um, ask me this all the time. No, I think uh, I've had. I'm very fortunate uh, in my work. I'm actually with the National Trust for Historic Preservation. Great. And Hope Crews are a program that we've had for four years. Oh, nice. Um, So I'm the vice president for government relations at the National Trust. And two-thirds of our national parks were established because of cultural or historic reasons. Amen. I think that's great. So I was fortunate to to be up at Ellis Island just a few weeks ago. Um, I've also had... 
spectacular experiences at places like Yellowstone yeah. and Yosemite. Why aren't I there now? Uh, tell me about it, right? Um, but no, the parks are American. Americans love their parks. Uh, one of the problems, however, is that we've had decades of disinvestment. Yeah. And as a result, we have a deferred maintenance backlog of nearly $12 billion. And Hope Crews are one of the things that the National Trust launched about four years ago. It stands for Hands-On Preservation Experience. It's designed to get youth and sometimes all veterans crews out into the national parks, repairing and um, rehabilitating different buildings or sometimes adobes at, at parks, and also providing some hands-on um, professional skills to youth and veterans. So uh, let's talk about the funding aspect sure. of the national parks first, because it seems to me if you have all this stuff going on, it means yes. that there's not necessarily enough funding for the national parks. Is that true? That is um, very much true. The Probably the most significant policy initiative that the National Trust and our partners have been working on is to get a dedicated, mandatory funding stream for rehabilitation and repair of our parks. And the good news is that there is legislation in the Senate that has bi strong bipartisan support. It's, all, it's been passed out of the Senate relevant, the relevant committee. Uh, we have more than a third of the Senate as co-sponsors. And over in the House, we have similar legislation that has been co-sponsored by more than 220 members. That's one half the House. And we have remarkable bipartisan support from the Democrat and wait, the wait, Republican. Wait, wait, okay, wait, wait, okay. Wait, wait, you're blowing my mind here. Yeah. Bipartisan support. <laughs> it's true. And I would really point out, you know, the House, for many of your listeners, it's not often a place where bipartisanship um, thrives. But on the issue of fixing our parks, legislation was co-sponsored by Chairman Rob Bishop of the House Natural Resources Committee and the ranking member Rahul Rahalva. Nice. And again, we've got 220 co-sponsors, and we have the, the strong support by Secretary of the Interior Ryan Zinke. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Zinke is personally investing a great deal of his time in is building the support so that this legislation can be done this year. You know, uh, I, I think that's great. Uh, I think that's good news. That's yes. positive. Um, so, you know, there was a time, uh, I can't remember if it was this year or last year, that we were talking about Bears Ears Monument. Yes, there was that's a lot right. of, a lot of the, so where do we stand with that now? Well, um, Bears Ears, um, just, it is a spectacular American landscape that tells the story of Native American peoples while well, going to time immemorial uh, yeah. with important um, places that were developed by the Native Americans uh, in about, well, almost a thousand years ago, cliff dwellings, spectacular rock art. It's actually not a national park. It's a, it's a but President Obama declared this place to be a national monument. Monument, right. That's authority that goes back to Theodore Roosevelt. It was used to protect the Grand Canyon, for example, by Theodore Roosevelt initially. President Trump, in an action that um, we believe was unlawful, has purported to um, 
sharply reduce the size of Bears Ears, and that litigation over that is presently pending in federal court. Um, so, so that's where we are with with that. That's where we are with that. Um, as late as uh, just last week, um, my organization and many other organizations filed, you know, comments on a management plan that the Interior Department and Forest Service has released, and it was the least protective of the, they proposed the least protective of the alternatives, but we fundamentally feel don't do a management plan for less than a third of what President Obama designated until we can resolve this in court. What is the uh, biggest threat to our national parks these days? Well, there's the um, slow erosion of funding to take care of our parks. And so we have buildings that are, are not accessible, roads in bad shape, bathrooms that aren't open, um, and then buildings that aren't being rehabilitated and cared for. Yeah. So the Hope Crews are a way, we've sent Hope Crews down to Martin Luther King National Historic Site in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we've gotten um, young African-American youth engaged in painting and repairing a number of the houses on the street where Martin Luther King grew up yeah we've had that's great it is cool <laughs> yeah 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 no, i mean, I mean it, yeah it, it really is yes you know it, it's it, you don't have to make this pitch to me because i'm right. already on board right but like to people who aren't familiar or don't necessarily understand the importance of these what is the importance of these national parks the national parks tell the story of all americans uh whether it's independence hall alexander hamilton was in independence hall People love that these days. Patterson Great Falls National Historic Park, Patterson, New Jersey. Um, Alexander Hamilton was very involved in trying to identify a source of, um, you know, industrial powerhouse. Uh, But there's also a minor league baseball stadium there that was part of the Negro League, and the park was expanded a couple years ago to include a place called Hinchliffe Stadium. And we got volunteer hope crew out there to paint and pull up weeds and make the place look really cool. Ah, that's great. Yeah. It's I base- love that. <laughs> it's baseball. We've had hope crews at um, the Lincoln Boyhood Home at Franklin Del- up in Hyde Park for both Franklin Delano Roosevelt's home and Eleanor Roosevelt's home. Um, Linton Bain Johnson's property down in Texas. So Again, these are the types of places that are in our park system. Um, another project we had was at Bandelier National Monument in New Mexico. Uh, Senator Heinrich joined to be a part of that. And there we had um, Hispanic youth re, you know, helping out on the old adobes and doing work on yeah. archaeological sites going back almost 1,000 years. You know, it, it, something that stuck with me through this whole uh conversation about national parks, national monuments, all that, it came from actually the Ken Burns documentary. Yes. uh, Somebody at some point realized and recognized that America does not have a ton of history, comparatively speaking, to other nations, but the one thing that we do is an embarrassment of riches when it comes to natural beauty. We just do. We do. It's a it's a great country. Get out and see it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like you know, other countries obviously have some of this as well. But like in every single state, uh, 
Yeah. There is some gorgeous uh, formation or mountain range or whatever it is that you can go out there and you can hike or you can see or you could get back into nature and do that. But also because of the great work that has been done to preserve those areas, we have, you know, um, ecosystems, wildlife, yes. things like that that we're also working to preserve. Of course. Well, right? right. Absolutely. But I would just differ a little bit with your saying with with the statement that we don't have the history of other places. Now we don't have there weren't kings running around in the 14th Fair. century, but <laughs> we had these remarkable places like Mesa Verde National Park. You mentioned Bears Ears, mm. or we go to a place like Chaco Cultural National Park in New Mexico, and these were the vibrant heart yeah. of American civilization uh, back in you know, the, around a thousand years ago. And they were booming places with remarkable people and the parks tell their stories. They tell the stories of the American Revolution, plainly the Civil War, and all of these historic and cultural resources suffer from the same kind of benign neglect of failing to invest. But what is exciting is that Hope Crews are a part of that, and then so again, is this unusual bipartisan legislation in the Congress? Uh, you know, it's just on a personal level, yeah. right? This summer I uh, went to St. Louis. Yes. And just outside of St. Louis, there are the Cahokia Indian Mounds. Yes. Uh, to, to what you were just saying, yes. right? There are a lot of people that talk about how, you know, uh, a lot of Native Americans uh, were not as civilized because they didn't really build cities, right? They well, had communities, but they didn't really build cities. Well, you look at the Cahokia Indian Mounds, yeah. and you can say absolutely that was not true. That's right. It wasn't with steel and concrete, or or um, it wasn't steel and concrete or brick, but it was, yeah, they moved dirt, and they used built to build the largest pyramids north of Mexico City. But Cahokia... If you're ever anywhere close oh, to it, by the way, you should go. It's spectacular to just see. The, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing. And if you're just a little bit further north along the Mississippi... Go to go to Iowa, where the Field of Dreams is. Just right. watched that recently, <laughs> right. and there's Effigy Mounds National Monument right along the bluffs of the Mississippi. It is a breathtakingly beautiful place, but um, hundreds of years ago, the Native American people built these large mounds for um, in the shapes of bears and serpents and panthers. And actually, there I uh, had the pleasure of advocating in Congress with the woman who runs the local county economic development commission, they get three times as many visitors to Effigy Mounds National Monument as there are residents of her county. But the 30-year-old um, septic system went out last summer wow. and they had to bring in porta-potties um, to have visitor use over the winter. And I think that we expect more when we go to a national park, we want to be able to enjoy it um, yeah. in comfort. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, that, that, that's a very, very good point. Okay, so um, let, let's get back into a little bit of the legislation. Stuff. Yeah, we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, what what's on the horizon uh, that we're seeing? Like you mentioned, some of the stuff that, that's being worked. Yes, on, but what 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 could that mean to these monuments? And well, and that is. That's the great question, because the answer is um, both of these bills in the House and Senate would set up a special dedicated fund 
that could be used only for the rehabilitation and repair of, of our parks. The bill in the House is a little bit more expansive. It would allow money to be used on bureau of, on some other federal properties. Sure. But the parks in in the Senate, it's six and a half billion over five years. The idea is, you know, some of your listeners may know about the Land and Water Conservation Fund or the Historic Preservation Fund. These programs take money out of um, offshore oil and gas receipts. And the idea of there was to reinvest them in assets of the American people. And this, the Restore Our Park Act would do something similar. It takes money from federal energy receipts. It's not tax money. It's money that's being generated by oil and gas or wind or solar on federal lands and dedicates it to repairing our parks. I think it's great, and I think it's wonderful, and you're doing great work there, Tom Cassidy. Thank you so much for joining us My here, pleasure. Uh, on the Bill Press Show. Uh, for those of you who are traveling or aren't uh, able to watch us live, we're happy to provide some stuff for you here on this Thanksgiving break, and we will be back live on Monday. So uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks again, Tom. Thank I really you, Peter. It.